Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. For the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think Jamil Sainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Yeah, what a crowd. All right. Awesome. Yeah, we're live here at the NHC uh, 2013 in Philly. And uh, now that it is later in the afternoon, more people have awoken from their uh, <laughs> their slumbers uh, yes. after pro night last night, which was, was quite awesome. And uh, you'll be sleeping in even later tonight uh, after club night. Trust me, you'll... Uh, Yep, the rocks will be harder to lift in the morning. Yeah, lots, lots of water, maybe a few, maybe a few uh, Tylenol, something like that, uh, before you go to bed. Just word to the water yeah. <laughs> if you've never done it before. How many people are new here to the, your first in- homebrewers conference? Ooh, that's oh, quite a few. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, got a real treat go. in store for you, right? If you've never been, it is pretty amazing. Speaking of pretty amazing, our fine sponsor Blickman Engineering has right right, got a booth right over there. Uh, after the show, go by and say hi to, to John and his crew. Uh, Blickman Engineering, uh, innovating your homebrew. That's right. Uh, yeah, our fine sponsors. Make sure you uh, tell them you appreciate that they uh, support the show. All right, today we are going to... Uh, we, we've got a topic we want to talk about. We get emails from people. They send them into Brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And they've got show ideas, questions, things like that. You're all welcome to send them in as well. Uh, and we're going to talk about double dry hopping for, for one topic. You know, there's uh, dry hopping, just throwing all the hops in at once. There's splitting it into two and then timing it out. Why would you do that? What's, what's the reasoning? What's the result? And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then we're going to take your live questions here. Any question, any brewing topic you want, and even if it's not a brewing topic, maybe we can cover it as well. Uh, you'll just come up to the mic. Say, say what your question is, and we'll answer it for you here on the air. And the best question is going to get this uh, lovely uh, BN Zipper uh, sweat jacket. Uh, market value is... Uh, What's it up to now? $200? $340 there you go. is what, what, what yeah. these would retail for in your, your average uh, 7-Eleven. It's 100% silk. 100% silk. It's, uh, and not just any silk. It's uh, uh, crotch worm silk. Yep. Uh, and so uh, uh, we'll be giving that out uh, here today, so, so stick around for the end of the show. And after the show, John and I will be glad to uh, shake hands, kiss babies, uh, sign yeah. books, whatever you want, take pictures. Yep. Uh, sign your wife. Yep. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is you want us to do. Did he say we'll, sign your wife? We'll probably do it, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, John, John said that. I, <laughs> I avoided that topic. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> double dry hopping, uh, John. Uh, why well, would why would somebody double dry hop a beer? 
Well, I uh, would imagine it's to take advantage of the different compounds that come off the hops as you dry hop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the a lot of the volatiles, you know, uh, are get get released at different rates at different temperatures. Uh, you also have considerations where you need to look at the long-term flavor stability of the beer. Um, dry hopping is a chance to introduce oxidation into the beer or introduce oxygen that can lead to uh, staling. It can also lo- uh, result in the loss of the very compounds that you're trying to impart in the beer. Mm-hmm. So by staggering the dry the dry hopping out, you can take advantage of uh, different compounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, one of the things, um, you know, the, when we uh, first started making uh, Evil Cousin, uh, in, in the past as a home brewer, I had seen, um, you know, reference to dry hopping multiple times. Uh, and probably one of the first was Vinny, uh, Vinny at Russian River, his uh, Pliny uh, recipe. Talks about dry hopping one day, and then you wait a few days, you dry hop the rest. And I thought that that was interesting. I followed that and uh, seemed to have good results. And then I didn't really notice, um, you know... I, you know, Brillson says, Vinny says, you know, all these guys say, and when they say, we pretty much do because these guys know what they're doing. Right? Yep, definitely. So when it came time to make a commercial batch of uh, uh, Imperial IPA, uh, I, I said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to put in these hops in this dry hop edition, then we're going to put in these hops in, in this dry hop edition. And, uh, you know, beer turned out great. And the next time it was being dry hopped, um, or after it was dry hopped, I, 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 was, I taste every beer. And I taste it, I said, something's different. You know, the hop character isn't the same. And they're like, well, yeah, everything's the same. Like my guys were saying, we, make, we didn't make it any different. And I look at the, uh, the, the log, and they had put all the hops into one hop edition. Oh, okay. So they put all the hops into one hop edition. Instead of breaking it up into the two, and I could taste the difference without without knowing. I was like, "No, the hop character is not the same. Something something happened. Something changed. We did something different. You know, did we yep, change? Yep. You know, pitching rates? Did we change? You know, oxygen? Did we change the malt? Did we? What did we change? Is it a different batch of hops? A different lot from a different supplier? What is it? And uh, that turned out to be the difference. We. Single single hop, same hops, same supplier, everything the same. Single hopped versus splitting it out into two, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, it is. So, how, how, how did the what did, what was the like the primary difference that you perceived? It was it was it just different, or could you? It wasn't. Taste as, it different? wasn't as bright and fresh. Okay. Um, it, it seemed a little, you know, like there wasn't as much dry hop character. Okay, the yep. dry hop character was less. And I kind of figured out why. Oh. And then I talked to somebody, and they told me exactly the same reasoning that I was going through. Okay, very good. And uh, I thought it was very interesting. Here's what we should do. We should take a, a, a real short break, and when we come back, I'll explain why it is that this double, di- double dry hopping makes a difference uh, versus uh, single dry hopping. Back right after this. 
tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acids. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a pint? Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Ten, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and E. 
Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y-Yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back here live at NHC in Philly, having a grand old time. We are indeed. Enjoying myself like I always do. Yep. All right. I've uh, got the pictures to prove it. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I can't pay as much as I did in the past. I'm uh, you know, financially uh, tight uh, with the new brewery and all that. Um, so before the break, I was talking about uh, noticing a difference in our beer between uh, double dry hop and the next batch. You know, same same beer, single dry hopped, same amount of hops, same same process, same equipment. And what I began to wonder is, we're putting in this massive amount of hops. We're putting in so much hops. I mean, we're, we're throwing boxes and boxes of hops into this thing. And in the cone of the fermenter, uh-huh. it slopes down. And uh, the, the, your hops will start to stack up in, in something like that. And you start to get a pretty deep layer of hops. Okay. If you throw it all in at once, it all piles up at the bottom and all those hops at the bottom they're really not doing anything okay it's yeah, more the the surface layer where you're getting the interaction with the beer and you're getting the i mean it all kind of filters on down we use hot pellets and they all kind of you know trickle on down to the bottom and during that time you're getting something but you really get no much not a lot more once it's buried under a big pile of hops the stuff at the bottom is not interacting with the beer anymore right so you get less from those hops and and uh, you know what you do is you know you throw in a little bit let that that trickle down and settle and then we dump that and then we throw in more and so we're getting uh, you know more exposure once it's all dropped to the bottom that makes sense yeah, yeah better and, surface area you know the same thing can happen uh, you know a, a lot of people like to ferment in uh, Cornelius kegs you know long tall cylinder if you're making a something with a lot of insane amount of hops, it's going to stack up pretty thick at the bottom. You do that, you know, you might want to look at doing uh, a double dry hop where you spread it out and you're, you're not burying so many, so many hops at a time. 
That makes sense, uh, yeah. You know, carboys, fairly wide base. Uh, so you know, it'll be a thinner layer, but you can see what kind of layer you're building. And if you've got a, just a thin layer of hops across the bottom, then that's probably fine. You start getting a thick layer of hops across the bottom, you're, you're masking off the interaction of those, those hops with the beer. Yep. And the same thing goes if you're using a, you know, a conical fermenter from our sponsor, Blickman Engineering. Um, you know, again, it's got that conical shape, and it's going to stack up at the bottom, and you're going to experience that same problem. So therefore, you know, the, the double dry hopping kind of, you know, resolves that. I can't remember who it was that told me. I'm, I might have been talking to Mitch at Stone, or I might have been talking to, um, I, I was talking to somebody. I talk to all these guys and tell them all my, my stories of well when they give me good advice. Okay. So, <laughs> but they said, you know, yeah, that's what happens is you're burying the other hops and they're not interacting with the liquid anymore. If you, so if you put it all in at once, you've uh, pretty much minimized the value of those hops you've just thrown in. Well, so for a split homebrewer, it out. You could you, homebrewer could split it out. You know, you mm-hmm. could dry hop every day. Yeah, you know, or, little, or suspend a hop bag in the fermenter. Yeah, the problem with the bag is, and this is why you know I'm not a big fan of the bags because you've packed it all in there, and that inner inside area is probably not very exposed to the liquid, okay. and yep. you know you get that issue. I guess if you could do a long, thin, you know, hop tube, um, you might be able to okay. get something a little bit better, more surface area. The, the trick is the surface area. Now, some breweries, uh, one of the things they'll do is they will, uh, you know, dump the hops in, and then they'll gas it with some CO2 every once in a while to kind of stir it up, to percolate it up oh, and yeah. back into okay. solution. And again, it's to expose that that material to the to the beer. Yep. Yep. You know, I think the 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 drawback there is, you know, you are kind of uh, volatilizing things. You know, you you may be sending a little bit of aromatics away. I think that's still a pretty pretty good way to do it. Yeah. Now, home brewing. Um, you know, on something like this, maybe you want to rack the beer off the yeast. You know, onto your dry hops. You know. And every yeah. once in a while, you could just give it a little shake. Right. I suppose yeah. that might be a way. Or you could put a wand down there and blow some CO2 from the bottom if you want to try yep. this CO2 stirring method. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I was shocked that I, I actually tasted a difference. That's really interesting. You know, normally, uh, you know, I if you asked me before that, I would have said, well... I'm sure maybe in a side-by-side it makes a difference. You know, you'd, you'd say, oh, yeah, these beers are just very slightly different. But I noticed it just walking Taking in and getting, getting a sample from the fermenter. I got a question, Jay-Z. Uh-huh. And, by the way, if anybody has questions, we've got a microphone here, and we don't have to wait till the end. You can come up and ask yeah. questions while we're still on this topic, too. Jump on up if you want to talk. So I did uh, an Evil Twin clone. Right. Got the recipe straight from you guys, got the ingredients from you, and it included uh, double dry hopping in the mm-hmm. recipe after a couple days. And uh, I wondered, I, I do use a conical, so I have the ability to uh, drop the, the trube out of it. And so when it came to the second dry hopping, I wondered if I was supposed to empty out the first dry hopping that's sitting down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up doing it. I just threw it all on top. But right. do you think it makes it, I guess it's a contact time question. Right, and do right. you think it makes a difference? You know, I think I think you could do it either way. The question is, if you leave the dry hops in for too long, do you start to get more of a grassy character? And so, oh, yeah. therefore, you want to drop them, you know, maybe. But, you know, if we're saying that, you know, the second load of hops covers over the first load and makes them ineffective in, 
in in the beer, then you know it probably makes no difference. Okay. You know, I I'd, I'd be interested in, in trialing something like that where you drop it or don't drop it. Okay. I think that uh, you'd probably be okay just throwing it in. I guess my second question about that then is, um, since homebrewers we're using much less ingredients than than a pro. Um, if it's a, a contact with the hops themselves that that's causing it to be a more uh, a better way to dry hop, why not just increase the amount of dry hops in one single addition? Uh, and there's right. still then you're getting a ton of you know matter in there coming into contact with the beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know I think you could. Um, again, I think there's you know there's a, a, a amount of time needed for it to d- dissolve into solution. Mm-hmm. And again, if you threw more in at once, um, when it settles to the bottom, I think you're you're losing out on some of it. It gets covered over, and, sure. and it has you're you're not going to get the same effect. We actually, uh, you know, by by splitting out, we're getting more hop character. It's the same amount of hops. It is. Okay. So um, whether we're doing it in, in double or or in a single addition. Okay. And we found, you know, more hop character splitting it out. Okay. And I guess some of it just drops to the bottom pretty quickly, too, right? I'm, I'm, some of I've seen, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, pretty much as soon as you throw it in, you know, you start to see things, you know, just start, start to settle out. I guess if you have a little bit of CO2 in solution, it might, you know, help kind of form some bowls and lift it back up. All right. Introduce yourselves if you're going to come ask questions so our listeners know who you are. Yeah. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm from northern New York. My question is... When you dry hop twice, does it have to be at the same temperature each time? Is there a benefit to dry hopping at a colder temperature and a warmer temperature? Oh, that's a good idea, you know, um, or you know, at least a good question because, you know, that, um, you know, may have some effect. When you, when you dry hop at, at, at a different temperature, you tend to get, you know, different characteristics, I think. It does, does affect the, the final yeah. flavor. So by double dry hopping, you could actually do one at one temperature and one at another temperature. You know, start warmer maybe, uh, dry hop, and then, you know, you're slowly lowering the temperature. And then when you do your second dry hop, it's at a lower temperature. Yeah, I mean, as Stan was saying this morning, the hops talk, there's, you know, 440 plus different compounds that have been identified in hops so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and each of these is an individual compound that has its own volatilization temperature. And so the the temperature that you dry hop at is going to affect what proportion of volatilization and, and extraction of the oils occurs from those hops. So yeah, you can you know we'd have to you'd have to run side by side, but mm-hmm. you should get a perceptible difference and you know depending on temperature. Right, right. No, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting interesting idea, and I think it's worth uh, you know. Trying, you know, following up on that and seeing seeing what you come across. Jamil, in the case of, of dry hopping in general, so at, at Heretic, is your first dry hop always going in at fermentation temperature, or or do you ever cool it before adding any of the dry hops at all? Right. I mean, we're pretty much uh, right around fermentation temperature. We come come down a few degrees, and you know, we're trying the. I think the general consensus from. Uh, Again, from Brindelson and all these guys is, yeah. you know, lower 60s is, is a good, uh, you know, temperature for dry hopping. Do you ever right. leave okay. it right? So if you're fermenting something at 68, 
would you ever, you know, put the dry hop in and, and just leave it at, at 68, or do you always want to start your crash? Yeah, I've done that before. Um, and when you're home brewing, that's really, you know, the easier way to do it. Yeah. You know, fermentation temperature, you're able to maintain that. You know, go ahead and throw your hops in. If you have a, a fermentation fridge set up and you can control the temperature better, then, uh, you know, one of the reasons you start dropping the temperature is the yeast drop out. And you get, you know, a clearer beer before you throw your dry hops in. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe if there's a lot of yeast in suspension that it actually is detrimental to the dry hop character. Because uh, it, it sucks up the, the oils and the I, I just, alpha. you know, there's so much cell surface material in there. Those cells, you know, they're round. There's, there's a lot of them. It, yeah. it really, uh, I believe it uh, can, can take up a lot of... Uh, your your hop character so i like to see the the hops drop and a a good way to get that started is you know to drop the temperature before you dry hop yep sounds good feel free to step right up to the mic if anybody has questions jump right in hi this is uh ken from yardley uh from a dry hopping perspective is there a best practice for the way to do it so racking on top of dry hops to avoid oxygenation or is it just a matter of Putting in a, a sack and letting him sit. In there. So, just want to kind of your take on the yeah. idea of dry hopping. With well, for me um, and what I've done as a home brewer and what we do commercially is we take the hops, we flush it with CO two to try and drive out oxygen, if, or at least a portion of the oxygen, and then uh, we just dump it in the top. So there's still some CO two coming off the beer. Um, and you know it's blanketed with CO two, and we just drop it right in. Now, one of the advantages I think to that is you know they they sit on the surface, the, you know hot pellets or even you know cones will all sit on the surface, and they they get some some surface time that way, and then they start to break down, and they you know uh, so matriculate yeah. their way through the beer to the bottom, and I think you you're getting quite a bit of. Uh, you know, uh, residence time that way. Yep, yep. If you put them in the bottom, I think you can, you know, better expel the oxygen that, you know, is, is worked into them. Um, you can, uh, you know, more gently rack your beer over, you know, things like that. I think, uh, you know, that has some benefits, but I think you may not get as much contact uh, with the hop bits as you would otherwise. If we uh, either rack off of the yeast case, cake before dry hopping or, in the case of a conical, you know, dumping the, the bottom, is there still enough, uh, generally enough yeast left in solution to help with the oxygen scrubbing? Because you, yeah. inevitably you're adding oxygen, right? Right. And do you think that if we're off of the yeast cake, there's still enough in solution? Yes, there is. I mean, if it's, well, if it's been sitting there a month. Yeah. Then, no. You know how I brew. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, within a couple of weeks, you know, the beer's still hazy, cloudy. Then, yeah, you've got plenty of yeast, and it'll it'll take up the air. Okay. But if the, if the beer's, you know, fallen bright in the meantime, well, uh, there may still be enough, depending on how much oxygen you put in, but, you know, less so than if the beer is still cloudy. Well, and I'd also say the way that most people package their beers, you know, uh, they're getting oxygen in it anyways. So I don't yeah. think the amount of oxygen they're getting from the hops, if they they bother to flush the hops to start with, is you know, it's probably fairly minimal. Okay. You know, I, I don't think it's a, a a huge impact. All right. I don't I don't know that anybody has ever 
you know, dry hopped a beer and then said, oh, my God, my beer's oxidized. And that's, that's including people who just op- tear open the pack and Pour sprinkle it in. it in like they're, you know, adding salt. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think even then, you know, have you tasted any beers like that and, and thought, oh, this is oxidized because of dry hopping? No. no. I don't think so. And, and I think, you know, maybe you're shortening the, the shelf life of a beer like that. And, you know, commercially, that would be something significant. But for home brewers, you know, dry hot beer, the, the reason for making it yourself is that, um, you know, it's nice and fresh. You've got that beer the moment it's done. And something that's dry hopped, you know, you want to drink it right away. So, you know, you consume it right away anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's yeah. one of the benefits of home brewing. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much personally. Got another question. And yeah. the, the best question today is going to get this fine, fine BN zipper sweat jacket. These retail $495. That's right. I'm Ken from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Ken. Uh, my question would be, would you suggest uh, if I did the second dry hopping in the keg to let it at room temperature for a couple days before I cool it down and carbonate it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, uh, you know... Dry hop in the, you know, 60s, you know, lower 60s, mid 60s, in that range, I think is, is generally good. If, you're, if your fermentation has gone up to, uh, you know, in the 70s or something like that, I'd cool it down before you dry hop. Um, and then, you know, let it sit a few days at that. You know, get the most out of those hops and then go ahead and, uh, you know, cold condition carbonate. You can dry hop, you know, a keg. A beer that's, uh, you know, going straight to the fridge. I've, sure. I've done that in the past before. Just, you know, while you're racking it to the, to, the, to the keg, you throw in some hot pellets or some hop cones or, you know, and then put the keg in the fridge and hook up the gas and it's true. Yeah. just let it continue to, you know, cask hopping sort of, yeah. uh, you know, while you're, while you're enjoying it over the course of a few days or a week or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Matt mentioning that... Uh, you know, the temperature you dry hop at affects the amount of time that you typically leave it. You know, kind of like lagering. I mean, oh, uh-huh. if you put them in colder, you need to leave them a little bit longer to get the get the amount of expression you want versus a mm-hmm. uh, warmer, shorter time. And uh, Okay. Well, let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll get more of your questions, and uh, we'll uh, be giving away this, this great... Uh, uh, BN Network uh, yeah. uh, uh, zipper sweatshirt uh, valued at uh, $600. Yeah. Shortly. Right Plus after tax. this. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com. Coupon code DNR. 
I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well. Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, everybody. Hey. Still having a good time? Yay! All right. Yeah, we're, we're here live at the NHC having a good time. And speaking of having a good time. You know, we have a sponsor that we always have to do live, live reads for. It's a great uh, coupon code that you can use. Does anybody here know the, 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 the coupon the, code? The sponsor? You know the sponsor? Do you listen to the show? Has anybody heard their live read enough times that you could you could recite it yourself? You think you could yourself? do it? Anybody? I bet there's somebody out here that could re- that could recite that. Do you want to do your first broadcast paid commercial? Anybody? I know one of you knows it by heart. 
Anybody? Anybody? No? Liars. No? Uh. You want to listen to Jamil do it one more time. All right. All right. Yeah, great sponsor. Uh, speaking of having a good time, adamandeve.com. Ah. They have uh, a lot of uh, interesting items that can make uh, your evening with your brew partner that much more special. Wow. That's right. You know, you need a few goodies. Check it out, adamandeve.com. And for a short time only, if you go to adamandeve.com and you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, you're going to get 50% off just about any one item. You get free shipping on that item. You get a free extra gift. So sensual, I can't mention it here at the NHC. I mean, I'll tell you in private after the show. Just, you know, ask me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think it is. Uh, but I can't mention it live on the air. And then you get to choose three free DVDs. You get from all sorts of genres, from chunky, co-ed, Asian, anal, whatever, whatever it is you like. Was that one genre? And that was all one genre. Yeah. Uh, double dry hopping is, is another one. Um, and you, you can pick from all those different genres. Uh, and there's, there's something for everybody. It's not the, the cheap bargain bin junk. It's good <laughs> DVD stuff you get to pick from. So go to adamandeve.com. Use the offer code Jamel, and you're going to get free shipping. You get a, an item at 50% off. You get uh, the three free DVDs of your choosing. You get uh, the free gift, so essential we can't mention it. Right. And uh, did I say, or did say free shipping? Free shipping on the whole mess. Very good. So very little expense, lots of goodies. You and your brew partner will have a grand old time. <laughs> you really spice things up. You know, you can surprise your, your brew buddy. Hey, dude, look what I got. You know. <laughs> I'm going to make him pay double for this one. Something to stir the mash with. (laughs) We need a new paddle. I thought this would do. All right. All right. So we're talking about uh, double dry hopping and and other topics. Anybody uh, got another question here for us live? Hey, I'm Brian from Worcester, Mass. Um, On a professional level, if you're generally sealing the fermenter after your initial dry hop, you're going to have to bleed off pressure before the second one. Do you think you're blowing off a lot of aromatics and would that be just corrected by how many dry hops you're putting in maybe in the second edition? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you do. You know, every time you, you vent a, a tank, you know, CO2 bubbles through it, through the solution, and you, you know, you off-gas, you can, you know, smell hops coming off that. You know, it's like in anything. When you're, when you're boiling and you smell something in the boil, that's stuff that's no longer in the beer. Yeah. Uh, you know, you open your fermenter and you, you smell hops coming out. That's no hops no longer in the beer, so you have to compensate with it one way or another. And uh, you know we're trying to get in the maximum hop character we can, and and you know there's there's limitations, there's things like that uh, that are going to affect you. But I I think the trick is in selecting the right hops, the right uh, you know blend of hops. Um, you know, there's something to be said for single hop beers, but if you're trying to maximize hop character, I think everybody would agree uh, it's a blend of different kinds of hops and different kinds of compounds that really give it a you know an incredible hop character and make it last a long time. That's right. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's how you compensate. It's just uh, over, you know, it's carpet bombing it with uh, more hops. Good question, though. Any other questions? Anyone else want to step up to win this wonderful zipper sweat jacket valued at $750? Wow. Ah, here's a volunteer. How are you guys doing? Uh, my name is Paul from St. Louis. Paul? Cool. Uh, 
I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my buddy Dan and my homebrew club, who I know will be listening to this later. Hey, Dan. Who wishes he was here. <laughs> Suck it, Dan. Uh, question I have, a, uh, a guy that I know back home, um, he's started playing around with dry hopping um, when there's a few points of gravity left before fermentation is done. Uh-huh. And he says he feels that he gets uh, a little different uh, and maybe even better aroma out of that. Mm. Is that something you guys have experimented with, or do you have any thoughts on that method? Yeah, my, my thought on it is, uh, and I know, you know, there, there, there are fantastic breweries that, uh, you know, say that that's the way to do it. My, my thing is, um, you know, the more active the yeast are, I mean, yeast um, will really take a lot of hop compounds out of the beer. You know, if you, if you pitch less, you know, beer can be more bitter just because there's less cell surface taken away, you know, the hop, the hop compounds. So, you know, dry hopping with the yeast, I guess you could do that and then do it again later after the yeast. A lot of times the theory is because it's actively fermenting, it'll use up the oxygen quicker than if you were to wait later and, you know, throw the hops in and any oxygen in those hops. Again, I think for the home brewer, I wouldn't worry about that. I'd worry more about getting more hop character in there. I wouldn't worry about the the micro amounts of oxygen that go in with the dry hops. I think, you know, you you don't need the thing to be stable for 6 months. You're going to drink it within a month when it's when it's great, you know. That's that's the the purpose anyways. So, any other thoughts on that? Uh No, that sounds that sounds right. I mean, you know, for precisely those reasons. Perfect. I think I could do uh, Palmer's job today. <laughs> and that sounds right. Yeah, good job. Jamel, I think you're right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, we also got a question from, uh, and you guys can all do this when you're, when you're listening to the podcast. Uh, you can uh, send an email saying uh, to Bruce Strong at com and say, hey, I got a question for the show. I got a show idea, whatever it might be. Uh, if you're listening live, you can actually get in the chat room and you can ask questions through the chat room and our, and our uh uh, Scott Moskowitz will uh, read them out to us, and we'll we'll answer them on the show live as well. Yep. Uh, Catfish, he says, uh, "Hey, uh, I'm wondering about using pellet hops in a hop back or a torpedo. Uh, I understand that the hole cones acts as, as a depth filter, keeping the smaller chunks from clogging the flow. Could a certain percentage of pellet hops be mixed with the leaf hops in a hop back? It seems that a lot of the varieties that you would want in your hop back are in short supply." With pellets being more available than whole flowers, I don't have a hot back or a tipi to play with, but I would like to try it out myself. What do you think on that, John? If if you were to take uh, the uh, Blickman hot rocket, oh yeah, and uh, you know put a layer of cones in the bottom, what you know whatever hop you get, and then you stack in pellets on top, or yeah, that would work well. I mean, it's like your it's like your mash bed, mm-hmm. you know, um, as you slowly start recirculating. The, the natural filter sets up. You get your your, your uh, holes down at the bottom against the false bottom, and uh, the Blickman hop rocket works much the same way. So if you if you can you can help that by putting the the pellet hops in against the false bottom, and uh, and the, well, sorry, put the leaf hops against the false bottom, and then put the the pellet hops behind them, uh-huh, and that uh-huh. would that would really decrease the amount of uh, hop that would get through. Right. Well, and, and uh, my concern, not necessarily that too much of the hop pellets would get, pellet material would get through, but rather that I'd clog up the uh, the hop rocket, and no, I wouldn't get flow through if I used too much. Uh, well, if you use too much, too much hop pellets, I suppose that's a possibility. 
Uh, I'm really thinking more of uh, clogging up your your plate chiller if that's what you have, right? Because right. um, the you know the plates are set pretty close together. Um, I've experienced that where I've you know be lottery or cooling, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden everything stops because my my chiller's clogged. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's when you know move to pellet, uh, putting more hops in the hop rocket, to and and that took care of it. I didn't have the uh, the the small bits flowing through. Okay. okay. So it may, it does make a very effective hop filter. Well, all right. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take one more real short break, and uh, that'll be our last break of the show. When we come back, we'll have time for one more question from the crowd. Line up for that. And then uh, we will award the uh, Brewing Network uh, zipper hoodie, which is valued at over $1,200. Back right after this. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishef. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. 
Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. I do not believe my eyes. Welcome back to the studio, the gay prince. Oh, how are you, Justin? You're looking very, very nice, very fit. What brings you here? I heard that you wanted to talk about my new favorite place for online ingredients, the Braumeister. Uh, I think you mean the Brewmeister. I am a German. This is a German word. But you know that when you type in the website, it's the Brewmeister. I have a German computer. And it translates over to... You're very efficient. <laughs> I see. It's the Brewmeister homebrew shop. I think you're very wrong. And it hurts me deep inside my schnitzel. <laughs> okay. If you're talking about the Brewmeister, they do have two locations, one in Folsom and one in Roseville. Yeah. Their customer service is very, very nice. They have very strong hands. And nice tushies. It's the squeezy tushy. It's the Brewmeister. It's the Brewmeister. The yeah. Bre- the Brewmeister. Say it after me. The Brewmeister. <sighs> okay, American. I always shop at the Brewmeister. Shop Brewmeister today, just like the German prince, and save with the coupon code BNARMY. Visit shopbrewmeister.com. Does that have an umlaut? Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, here we are. Live. Philly. Yep. 2013. Great food, great beer, great people. Pre-club night. Looking forward to that. <laughs> is that like pre-pubescent or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to have a wonderful time tonight. And uh, we've got time for one more question to get you in the running for this absolutely gorgeous, silky soft, <laughs> luscious. Jamil, stop fondling the zippy. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> it's getting, All right. Hurry up and ask before it and gets we more can, tainted. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can. Uh, we can even sign this for you if we can find a light-colored pen. It doesn't have uh, to be about hops, by the way. It you can, can be about anything. any any brewing sure. brewing subject. So step right up. More Jamil Tajas that the value goes up. That's right. Yeah. I'm leaving behind DNA on this thing that you could rub on your uh, your brew kettle. That's so. disgusting. Uh, my name is Sergey, and it's very nice to see you in person after following you for years. Uh, cool. Thanks. Thank you. And um, the question is, you think you can include into this discussion um, your thoughts about adding hop flavor at serving time through a device, some sort of oh, handle? Cool. No. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't used Randall, <laughs> but uh. I, I haven't done it. But I would say, uh, and I, I'm, this isn't an answer. This is just more my experience. Um, I don't. I haven't had a good one. I've tried them at GABF in different places in a commercial setting, mm-hmm. and I have never tasted one that 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 it seemed to help the beer. Have you? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had one? You have had one that it helped the beer. Yes, actually, recently I was surprised. Uh, they had a perpetual IPA Trogs mm-hmm. at Whole Foods just nearby. Okay. And uh, I tried the beer; it was fine. And then they dry hop, they randle it through uh, Citra hops, and it was amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. that was really nice. Okay. I, I think what one thing I mean I've had it at Southern California Homebrew Fest too, where you know randle situation. It seems like so often they they pack so much hops into the the. The cylinder and, and force beer through that 
a lot of what you get is a lot of hop tannin and a lot of grassy flavor yeah. coming through. I mean, I think this is one of those situations where, you know, moderation can help. Where you, you get some fresh aroma coming through the Randall, great. You get too much or you get too much contact with the green, you know, with the green and uh, you kind of overpower it, perhaps. Well, and I think, you know, something that plays a, a, a part in it is... You know, uh, you run the beer into this, into the cylinder and into the lines, and then you know, it, it, if it sits there for a while, True. or you know, and it's getting warm, and then you know, the next pull of that beer comes, and you get that versus, you know, <laughs> getting a, a cooler beer, you know, through there. I, I, I think that may have something to do with it. I was in Texas uh, for an event uh, with the homebrew club there, and. Um, uh, somebody had set up a, a whole Randall manifold thing, and they had um, like six different canisters. And one was like coffee, one was you know certain kind of hops, one was jalapenos, one was you know oak. They had all these different ones, and then you could change the valves on top so you could have you know i want uh, coffee and jalapeno i want uh, oak and uh, you know citra i want you know and you could you could try any one or all and then you know it flowed out to to the glass at the end and and those characters of coffee and chocolate and jalapeno and oak you could taste it in the beer at the end so you know obviously something is happening there i think that you know it can it can use some Maybe refinement of, you know, keeping that whole thing refrigerated or making sure the beer's flowing like crazy. Yeah. And so I think I think there's something there to it. I think that there that could be that could be a definite positive effect. The question is, you know, what's the best way to do it? What's the you know to maximize uh, that performance? I think. I bet somebody at club night, at least one person, will be pouring a beer that way tonight. Right. They're going to be dragging us over there tonight, going, oh, "Try like this you, one." Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to have to lie and say, "Oh, it's, it's great." <laughs> <laughs> what a good job you did Jeez. chewing is, on hops. Is that, how, that's the same voice you use when you tell me I did really great on the show. Oh, Jamil, you did such a good job today, yeah. buddy. See, it's exactly the same. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I'm appalled I now. just revealed. Damn it. I just revealed that uh, I, I don't know if I can continue on. No, every show you do, is it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you doing a bang-up job i don't have anything to replace it with so you keep doing that show <laughs> right all right we uh we uh we're giving away this uh fifteen hundred dollar uh zipper uh sweat jacket here for the brewery network yeah incredibly soft inside yeah let me uh no uh, check that again <laughs> i think if you pick one of my questions then i don't have to give anything away right well that's not going to happen oh. uh and it, we have these in, in a variety of sizes yes uh, yeah all just the way in case up, all the way up to you're a huge load <laughs> you're a huge load size and this is uh this happens to be a large yep. which is probably most of you out there yeah. and uh like i was saying uh, we could, we could, oh, you know, it's got the big hop grenade on the back. We could uh, probably sign that with a black Sharpie, which Palmer yep, has. If I you do. guys want this sign, Justin will sign it. I'll sign it. Palmer will sign it. Whoever you want will sign it. Uh, or if you want to keep it in pristine condition, then you can list it as new on eBay. That's right. Huh? And huh? sell it for $1,500. $1,500. Yeah, you take like $1,495. You've still done pretty good. Uh, I thought that the question that I thought was the best was the one... Uh, Asking about the multiple temperature dry hops, you know, yep, going with yep. the the initial 
dry hop temperature and the second dry hop at a different temperature. Yeah, that was the first question. I think that was Chris, right? Winner. Come on up. You're a winner. Winner. All right. Nice Excellent work. question. You just go to the booth and get the right size if it's not the right one. All yeah. right. Excellent. Thank you, you very probably much. Don't want it I don't know what homebrew club is in here right now, but somebody brought us a beer, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. DC homebrew. All right. Thank Thanks you for the very beer. much. All right. Oh, it's great. It's a really good beer. <laughs> I'm kidding. It is a good beer. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what to think of you anymore. <laughs> our conversation, our whole conversation is now taking a whole different meaning. <laughs> Except the one thing I never lied about is Grammarai. That really, that truly oh. is the best session beer on the planet. <laughs> no, now, now, now that you say it, now I don't believe <laughs> no, it. No, that when I mean it. I mean <laughs> oh, it. sure. Now he means it. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh my God. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Uh, thank you for participating. I hope you guys all have a wonderful time at the conference. Uh, make sure to be in Michigan uh, next year in uh, Grand Sorry. Rapids. It's yeah. the 12th through the 14th of June. Uh, we'll be there. We'd love to see you there as well. Uh, if you uh, get a chance, I would suggest heading over to Blickman Engineering. Their booth is right over there. Lots oh, of shiny, shiny stuff. Yeah. Ooh, ooh and all over that stuff. And, uh, you know, slap uh, John Blickman on the back and shake his hand and tell him how much you appreciate that he sponsors this show. If you like this stuff and you want to see it continue, I suggest stepping over here and get yourself a Bruce Strong t-shirt. I suggest getting yourself a, a Warhead. I suggest, uh, you know, if you're not here sticker. and you're listening, or get yourself a sticker. Uh, you know, uh, check out the uh, Bruce Strong, the Brewing Network store, uh, brewingnetwork.com slash store. You get some goodies there as well remotely. Until then, Bruce Strong, everybody. Bruce Strong. <laughs>